Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the season premiere of Talk Local. This is season three, and I couldn't think of a better way to start it than with no other than Jordan Schaefer. Jordan was a former big leaguer, um, and he has an awesome baseball and athletic facility opening up in Highland. It's over 40,000 square feet, and uh, he came on to talk about what it's like to open up that facility. Um, he talked about what it was like to be a big leaguer, some what happened on and off the field. Um, and just overall his philosophy on a lot, including why it's important to be an athlete, um, the importance of having a bidet, uh, how much arguably LeBron James could be the greatest of all time. And we cover a bunch of topics on top of it. So um, the conversation is going to run about an hour. And so, uh, Jordan, appreciate you coming on and uh, enjoy. So, Jordan Schaefer, <laughs> welcome to the office. I appreciate it. I like the office. Yeah? What do you think? I, I, I know you're thinking of a New Year's Eve party. This is a nice setup here. Yeah? This what do you see? This is a real nice setup. What do, you, do you see any kind of party here? I like how you here? took the biggest room in the entire place for your office. <laughs> it's a good move right there. It's a boss move. It's like you have in your, your, turf, your, your, your turf section with the big logo on it. That should be your office. Um, no, I'll take my office somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but the greatest toilet in Northwest Indiana, I can promise that. For sure. That's, that's, uh, that's the most important thing in the entire building. True or false? Do you have a bidet in your toilet at the, at the office? Uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> my wife and I had a bidet in Hawaii and a heated seat. And I, you can never go back once you have that. No. That's like game changing. Especially, listen, I grew up, I only lived here until I was nine. And then I grew up in Florida. In Florida, the seat's always warm. It's 90 degrees during Christmas. I'm going to struggle here for the first year. And when it's 20 degrees outside, that building's going to get cold, and the seat's not going to be very friendly. So I'm just looking in advance. Nice. So it is preparing. heated. It is heated. Oh, 100%. Nice. Good move. Yeah. Do you let anybody else use it? No chance. <laughs> okay. So it is the Jordan <laughs> Schaefer that is throne. Only, the only person that sits on there is me. <laughs> That's your office. That's it. <laughs> So getting so you are starting a facility, and it's not just a baseball facility; it's an athletic training facility in Highland. Why come back? Because it is cold. It is the region. It's not Florida. It is, man. Um, I've talked about coming back and doing something for a while. It uh, I've kind of floated something back and forth with my uncle, um, who I'm doing the facility with, and. Uh, I lived here till I was nine. I'd come back and played Little League even when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. Um, but this is, my whole family was born here. My whole family lived here. Um, my uncle and my grandpa and their family still live here. And man, it's, I see the athletes that are here and um, I want to give back to this community. I want to come and, and try to help this community succeed and help kids and athletes um, achieve their dreams. I was so lucky to be able to um, play in the big leagues for as long as I did and achieve my dreams. And I could never have done that by myself. I was beyond lucky to have the support of, of my family and coaches. And really the most important person for me was my father. Um, just he was up at two in the morning looking up new ways to train or finding the best person for me to go train with and always pushing me, always being a resource for me, always supporting me. Um, and there's nothing, there's not a facility like that around here. And, and in Florida, the way people train, the way athletes get after it, it's just different than it is here right now. Um, and I just want to give kids an opportunity to succeed. I feel that the best way for me to help um, change the world, per se, is to give give kids and athletes an opportunity to succeed that maybe isn't there before. So I feel if I can bring that kind of training here and give kids an opportunity, then um, maybe they can go and to get a college scholar or college scholarship and or go and play pro ball somewhere, whether that's in whatever sport, whether it's football, basketball, soccer. 
uh, baseball. It's it's something that I just I wanted to come back and I wanted to help out. So that's that's really why I come back out. Well, being around what you guys are doing, it is a refreshing perspective because it feels like up until this point, everybody was so focused on just the individualness of like a specific sport. So like you, if you were trying to be a baseball player, you were going to go take lessons for 20 years and train. But this is a little bit of like a reverse engineering for this area philosophically, because you're more concerned about building athletes, right? Yeah. I think we've kind of gotten out of touch with, with some of it is, and I'm not, I, I think parents along the way get so one track minded that they're just my kid's going to play baseball. And from the time they're eight years old, they only play baseball. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to train and become better athletes. Um, we can play games and it's always good to play games, but you have to have a downtime where how my dad always explained it to me is you put tools in your toolbox. So you come, you become bigger, faster, stronger. And if you look, the best athletes can make the quickest adjustments. So in whatever sport it is, you're going to have to make an adjustment. If you're doing something really well, obviously the other team, the, the opposing player is going to make an adjustment to you. And now it's your turn to make an adjustment back. And the people that are the most athletic that can control their body and tell their body what to do, they can make that adjustment quicker. So now it goes back on the, the opponent. So um, I think I encourage people to play more in one sport. I played more in one sport growing up. Um, if you look at a lot of professional athletes, I think I saw in this past NFL draft, um, everybody but two players played uh, multi-sports in high school. And that's just, not only do you need a break from your sport mentally and physically, but it also, playing another sport helps you with athleticism. Whether mm -hmm. it's you're going to play soccer, now you, you're running around doing soccer drills. And it, I mean, it just... I think it's great to go out there and like I said, you need that break mentally to begin with. You can't play baseball 12 months out of the year. It's just, even for I'm for myself, um, say I'm going to spring training in February, the season goes, you make the playoffs, you're going until October. I needed a, a month, six weeks to get away. I would, I would train, but I would get away from the game of baseball. And I think that's imperative and something that, um, Hopefully, people will, will take the heart and and do. I know I know it's hard because parents obviously want to push their kids and yeah. they want to play. And especially up here, you only get a short amount of time to actually get outside and play. So take advantage of that. But when the winter comes along, if you're playing baseball, like get after it and train. And it's same thing with other sports. Take your off season and train. Become a better athlete, and that'll help you in whatever specific sport you're playing. So were you always a freak athlete? Because you're Man. a freak athlete. <laughs> I, I you can, work at it. It's not like you just wake up <laughs> yeah, every no, day listen, and like, like put I, on shoes I, and you're good. I was not born just a freak athlete. I just outworked everybody else. And a lot of that was my dad pushed me like crazy when I was younger. And a lot of it, um, he pushed me and pushed me until I caught on. And then I was like, man, I want to be good at this for myself. And that's really when you see a huge change is when it becomes important to the athlete of... I want to be good just as much as my dad wants me to be good or my coach wants me to be good. When you start uh, taking accountability for your own career, man, you, you get better in a hurry. But no, I, w I was not born to be a freak athlete. Um, like I said, I had lucky my dad researched, sent me to the best people to train, and I just outworked everybody. That's it. Do you think when he was sending you all there, he thought about sports or did he really know that you were going to be an underwear model? easy with that but that's not for this podcast because <laughs> you do pretty much everything man i mean you got the whole yeah. you yeah. travel coastly you're an underwear model you're a former major league guy i mean you got a lot of shit going on this I do. facility I, do. I mean i do but i mean it's been fun man i've only known one thing for 30 plus years so that's this facility and other stuff on the side um <laughs> i i'm having fun with it man i'm just enjoying life it's the first time that i'm not i don't have a team telling me hey i got to be here at a certain time i hey you got to get ready and be at spring training it's 
and it's I'm just enjoying life and um, I'm, I'm happy to be back up here and, and seeing what this can do. So for people who don't know, you played six years in the big leagues? Uh, yep, seven. Seven. So that was at the pro, at like the major league roster, right? Yep. And then so how many years were you in the minors? Um, so I was drafted in 05, so six, seven, and eight. So those three years there. And then I had my last couple of years, um, I went to go pitch after I had some MCO problems uh, when I was in Minnesota. I went to go pitch in those two years. Um, I was in the minors and then I had Tommy John and that's pretty much when I pretty much banged it and said, I'm ready to move on. Crazy. Yeah. So what do you miss most about being a big leaguer? Um, man, I just, I enjoyed going to the cities and exploring. I'm a huge history guy. So like, I just like to explore cities. I love when I was in Atlanta, um, DC was in our division. So we'd go there three times a year and I would literally wake up at eight o'clock in the morning, and just go explore the city. It's, I love history. So I like, I mean, I've gotten to see all different parts of the entire country and, um, that's, that's been pretty awesome, but I mean, I like to eat, so there's a lot of good food. <laughs> uh, so what are some things like, cause I don't think people realize, and we, we've talked about this a little bit where there's kind of two separate lives for a big leaguer. There's like the stuff that people see every day, the fans, and then what it's like to actually be in that lifestyle. And so what's the, some of the biggest disconnects that you see all the time from the fans oh, perspective? Man, that's, that's funny you bring that up. I was just, uh, talking, I was training someone last night and, uh, I was just actually talking to them. She's really good at volleyball, Sarah Moore, and she plays at Munster and she's going through kind of a little knee injury. And, uh, people always look and be like, man, you're so lucky. Like you, you have this, you do this, you got to do this for a living. But people don't see, they only see what's on the field. They see when you're on the field and you're playing a game, people don't see what goes, what all the work that goes into it, whether it's nutritional wise, whether it's getting your rest and sleep, whether it's you're having eight to 12 hour training days. That's, I mean, it's a full on job. And it, if you wanna reach, I mean, elite status where you're one of the best in the world, it doesn't, it's not just given to you. There's kids all across this country in this world. I mean, if you're looking at baseball now, you're talking about there's baseball schools in the Dominican Republic and Venezuela. So you're, I mean, you got kid or people coming over from Japan and stuff now. It's, it's a worldwide game. And so look at even basketball. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's a grind every single day. And it's like, my how I always kind of explain to my uncle is and because so many so many kids nowadays they don't take like nutrition or rest seriously they'll be up till one o'clock in the morning playing Fortnite or I don't I've never even seen the video game but <laughs> you've never played video games I, I've played probably less than 10 hours of video games and that was a hockey <laughs> a hockey game with my buddy but Muha, you're out. You can never be a big leaguer. <laughs> you play too many video games, dude. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to say most big leaguers, they carry around this little suitcase that has like it a screen and everything connected and they play right on the plane. It has a TV inside the little suitcase. It's really? Unbelievable. Yes. But I'm just, I'm not a video game guy. I, I like to go to the gym and just kind of, that's my Zen for me. Just that's my getaway from the world and my break. What's that plane? What are those plane rides like in general? Uh, what's, what's this audience like? <laughs> this audience is 25 to 40. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, let's say there's some not PG things going on on flights that we've had. A, so obviously our, all our flights are chartered. Um, and not like major league chartered, right? Like the, the, the Cleveland Indians and like the, the, the major league movie. Yeah. No, there's no duct tape and <laughs> propeller planes. <laughs> no, none of that going on, but, um, it gets crazy, man. There's everything from optional clothing to gambling like crazy to people full out passed out drunk. Um, I don't want to get into stories, but there it's, it can get obnoxious, especially when you're talking about flying cross country where you're going from 
Atlanta to LA or Atlanta to Seattle, you're talking about five hour flight. Yep. And every drink you have up there is not like every drink you have down on the ground. It's blood thins out and it's, it's a little different. You get well, drunk quick. Well, and the schedule's <laughs> nice because you guys have it set up quite a bit to where you got, you got your, you got your takeaway days on Sunday. You're, you're leaving for the most part, yep. or if you might be staying home, but that's yep. your getaway day. Yep. And then usually you're coming into new cities on like a Thursday, right? So yeah, so you'll either, I mean, every once in a while you'll have like a two game set, but most of the time it's three or four games. Um, I mean, you have, say, as you say on Sunday, you have a getaway day. You're going to another city for three days. You're there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Take off right after the game Wednesday. Either you go to another city or go home. Um, the longest road trip you have is 10 days, and the longest home stand you'll have is 10 days. Usually they're about a week. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's a lot of traveling, a lot. So is it just only team personnel on those planes, or can pretty much anybody board? No, it's only team personnel. Okay. It's a, it's no, no bending bar- those rules. So you'll have, I mean, we'll have like some medial travel with us, and then we'll have like two trips throughout the year that it's a family trip, so you can bring your wife. Um, they, all the families and the wife sit in the front of the plane. <laughs> Especially if clothing's um, optional. I've I've seen people take like the little trays that the stewardess has and be at the cockpit when we take off standing up. And when the plane takes off, they surf down the aisle on the tray. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> I've I've seen some stuff that that's so I would always get aggravated when I would just fly say I'm hopping on a southwest flight, right? And before they'd be like, hey, please get off your phone. And I would take those flights playing and like, they don't care if you're on the, it does nothing to the plane. For a while, I think people are saying like, I can mess up with the the instruments. Or I'm like, wait, time out. Like I fly all the time and no one says anything about getting off your phone. People are standing up the entire time. It's, it's a little different, but I mean, it's, it can get a little carried away. Have you ever seen a fight on a plane? And how a often do like inside plane, team fights happen? I have seen a fight on a plane. You don't have to give names, but what can you I give have. like situational? I have. Um, let's just say a guy was down over a hundred grand on the flight, and he was not happy because he thought one of the guys was was cheating. Oh no! Yeah, it was <laughs> it was an ugly scene. And so, how much does the off field stuff carry on to the on field? I mean, you guys are human beings, you know? I mean, we're all like, we're, I'm still in a fantasy football league with a bunch of guys that are still playing now. Um, but you, you kind of, it's, that's a brotherhood, man. It's a fraternity of not very many people get to that point. And I mean, you all have that bond and it's something that you guys all share and it's you back and forth. You're teasing with each other. You're off season training with each other and pushing each other and, um, it, it carries on off the field, even when you're done playing and stuff, I'll still talk to guys and, um, it's, it's definitely a unique fraternity. Awesome. What's the worst part about being a, a professional athlete? Ooh, there's a lot. <laughs> I mean, like I tell people all the time cause they always just assume like being a professional athlete is all roses. It's it's not like that. There's goods and bads to everything that you do in life. Every job that you have in life. There's no such thing where you're just like, oh, this is great. And I have, there's no downside. Um, the traveling is rough. Like you're all, I felt like I lived out of a, of a suitcase for 15 years. Like, and that's brutal. It stinks, man. It really does. Um, but you're away from your family. Um, for me, I was lucky. I couldn't imagine like if I actually had a wife or kids, like, I couldn't imagine how tough that would be. I was lucky enough where like, Hey, my family would come see me on the road, but I didn't, I, well, I didn't, I still don't have a wife and I don't have any kids. Thank goodness. (laughs) Not sure how that's played out, but, (laughs) um, but I could not imagine, man, it's being away from your kids all the time, not being able to watch them grow up or being away from your wife or it's, that's kind of one of the things that I always said, like while I was playing is I didn't want to have kids then because I would want to be a part and watch my kids grow up. I wouldn't want to be on the road. And you're, you're just between spring training. You're gone for eight months out of the year. 
Yeah, that, that stinks, man. But um, so the Jeter model, like the Jeter model, is the move. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it stinks because there's some good parts. Like if your kid, if you have kids, like your kids get to watch you and get to come to the clubhouse and go to the field and that stuff. Like that's something that I would always envy of some of my other friends that had kids is their kids would always come and hang out in the clubhouse with us. And I would take their kids out and throw on the field with them and like let them hit on the field and mess around. Like that's awesome. But at the same time, like being away from them would stink. And then, I mean, you don't have a whole lot of privacy, especially like the city that you play in. It's you're, I mean, you're recognized everywhere you go. So you kind of sit in the back in a dark room or like even just day to day stuff. It's, you have to watch what you say, whether it's on social media, because people blow you up. And it's better just, I, I just didn't want to interact, whether it's political views or social views, what, whatever it might be. Just kind of push it to the side and kind of keep to yourself. And it's it's more problems than it is does any good. That sucks. Yeah. When I was one of my first like real pieces of exposure with a big league guy was Brandon Webb. And uh, we were down in Kentucky at one of his camps and Gibson, the umpire was down there like helping out (laughs) and he had his son running around and we Mm -hmm. were just chatting and he was talking about how like crazy it is that the kids can go out on the all-star games and meet all the players and stuff. And that's pretty cool. But the opposite end of that is like, you're pretty much don't have a dad. He's gone all the time. Yeah, and that's where I was saying, like, it stinks. Like, you're away from your child, which stinks. But also, your kid, like, you're kind of like an absentee father in a way. Because you're just always gone. Like, even if you live in the city where you're playing, so you get to see your kid for seven days, and then you're gone for seven days. And it's, or you're at spring training for seven weeks, and you're gone. Like, it's just... There's not a good routine there. And I, like I'm saying, I most people are in the category of having a family and a wife and kids than they are of my situation where I stayed single and no kids. But I, like I said, there's goods and bads to both sides. As the modern athlete, I think this is one question I always have is how do you keep your spot from blowing up with like social media? Because it feels like if you do one negative thing, it could just come back on you in droves. As far as, uh, let's say like even being single, right? Like, like you're hanging out, you're seeing girls, right? I mean, if you're, if you're straight, I guess there's no judgment here, but if you're like, (laughs) you you got the whole thing going on, let's just say girls are coming in and out of lives, probably different cities. Like at what point do you, how do you keep your spot from blowing up? You know, it's tough. And I'm going to be honest. It's, it's tough to be in a relationship while, while you're playing. And I've kind of found that out, man. It's uh, when I was in Atlanta, I dated a girl that she's well known there, and she uh, was Miss Georgia. And I would go out just to, like meet one of my buddies would be in town. I'd go out, um, just hang out with him for a little bit, and people would literally text her to be like, "Hey, Jordan's out here." And I'm sorry. Right. Like, first of all, like she knows I'm out, like. But like I'm out with my buddy that's in town that I went to high school with, and I'm just like, this it's obnoxious. It's hard. Like people are always up in your business, always like they assume things, and it's you just kind of learn to just kind of like brush it off. Um, but it it does it does get annoying until you actually until you can learn how to deal with it and just like, Hey, I'm just going to live my life. Like I'm not really worrying of what people's assumptions are that don't know me. Well, it's a weird dynamic because you got at this point, like, especially in your early twenties, <clears throat> right? It's like, cause we're all, I mean, it's a maturity process You're for everybody. I'm in my early twenties? No, I know how old it, you are, dude. I'll take it. <laughs> you look like you are, but <laughs> it's like, you got, you got like, in your early in your early 20s you still are just experiencing life for the first time you got a ton more money than most people right the world's opening up at a at a rate that most people just you just don't have access to sure. so you got access you've got money and then but at the same time you got so many eyes on you so your world's closing in so how do you balance that i think that's the complicated part yeah so that's i mean that's a a huge thing is when you and it, this is something that p- outside people that are not professional athletes should not envy at all is 
when you start playing, you get thrown fame, you get thrown fortune, you get the like you said, the entire world opens up. You go somewhere to eat, and people don't make you pay to eat. Like they just are happy that you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, whether it's you're out and people throwing themselves at you, it's people treat you a certain way, and um. <sighs> It's definitely hard to handle at first. It's, and that's where I, I think that like people that have been in that spotlight, say a guy like Justin Timberlake, obviously he's not an athlete, but he's been in the spotlight since such a young age and kept his nose clean. Like that's unreal. Like LeBron James, and I know you're a big LeBron fan, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like for him to be on the front of ESP in the magazine. Um, at 16 years old and basically you don't hear about him having uh, baby mamas or like just you hear he does great things for the community built a school to help not only kids but older adults get education back in Akron like that's unreal that's like unheard of because it's it's a lot to handle unless you have like a really good support system around you you can definitely get lost and i for myself like i know early on like i i got lost like <laughs> i'm just being like i go out f- females throw themselves at you you're everyone wants a piece of you and that's kind of you have to have that that close-knit group of people around you that you could trust and that's i kind of figured that out a few years into it that like hey like my main people that I grew up with, like they have my best interests in mind. These other people, like they only want something from you and they're only going to be around you as long as you can offer them something. And then like, now that I don't play anymore, like those, I don't hear from hardly any of those people anymore. It's crazy. But the people that I grew up with, like I'm still best friends with. So what was one of those moments where you're like, holy shit, the world is like six, two degrees of separation. I can pretty much do whatever I want. At least meet, see, go anywhere I want. Um, I mean, I would, I'd be at home in Atlanta, and I literally would have the Hawks call me and be like, hey, the Lakers in town, will you come sit on the floor tonight? And I was just like, wait, you're, gonna, you're asking me, just going to give me tickets to see Kobe play? said, yeah, that's not, that's not like normal stuff. Like, it's, that's different. But I mean, like I said, you go out to eat and they comp everything and it's just, it's, it's obnoxious in a way. Like, is there any situation you wish you would have taken advantage of that you didn't? Um, yeah, I was introduced to a girl and I didn't go out with her and I should have. Yeah. Is it someone that the public would know? Yeah. Oh no. Yep. But we're going to keep that one on wraps. (laughs) Ever make it to the Playboy Mansion? Oh, uh, I have not. Never. I don't even think that exists anymore, does it? I have no idea. I think they shut it down. I have no idea. One of my good friends in LA, she lives like right next to a place where she was uh, buried. He's not buried. He's in a, what, what do you call it? Like um, in a wall where that's kind of... Yeah, st- like, yeah, like an urn. And Yeah, and he actually, when Marilyn Monroe passed, he bought the one right next to her so he could be buried right next to her. It's pretty crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, like, she was the first playmate, right? Is that right? Something I'm not, like that? I'm not I think sure, she's on the man. first cover. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know much about about that whole thing. Thanks scene, for but, lighting me up on that. You're blowing yeah. up my spot. Now everyone's like, oh, guess who loves Playboy? This guy. <laughs> Thank you for that. No one else in the room knows anything about it. I'm the only one, apparently. Yeah, so. that's not my world. So. <laughs> Best cities to go at. Best cities. What were the best Ooh, cities to kind of visit? See. Check out. I know you're a big Vegas guy. I am a big Vegas. But yeah. see, I'm a Vegas guy for not like the reasons everybody thinks I'm a Vegas guy. Like everybody thinks, oh, like, <laughs> hey, like you're a semi younger guy and you go to Vegas to party. I can't tell you the last time I went to Vegas and went out to like a party. Like uh, maybe 25, 26. I was heard on the All Star break one year and I went with my buddies. <laughs> no. Not a good idea. <laughs> Not a good idea at all. Thank God I was I was on the deal at the time. So, but uh, let's see. Obviously, like uh, Miami's good for like. I mean, you're at the beach. Um, New York's huge fashion place. San Diego's nice. Uh, 
Um, San Fran, obviously, because I'm a huge red wine guy, so Napa's right there. So it's, I mean, you can't get, my dad likes going, he'd always go to San Fran just because he likes to go to the wharf. Um, but in honest, get back to Vegas, like, if you want the best food, the best food in the country is in Vegas. 100%, like, the best food in the, is in Vegas. Damn. So, like, I'd go out to Vegas just to go, I'd go eat, go to shows, go there for three or four days. I wouldn't go out at all. It's just, like, my place, like, kind of get away. It's, I know that's kind of weird, right? No, I don't think so, it's, man. It's a little strange, but, yeah. I think you can, like, you can have too much candy to where you don't want candy anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you just kind of. Oh yeah, get I it. had lots of candy when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are some things? Because like every time I feel like we talk, I feel like I learn something else about you that's that's abnormal. Like I think your love for Hallmark movies, I, I found out, Easy. is a real thing. Come on, man, blowing me up like uh, that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you're just. <laughs> what are some things that people don't know about you? I mean, I do like Hallmark movies. Okay. I know, That's, like you. Apparently, like this is your season we're coming into. Yeah, so like, you have to understand. For me, like, I'm a huge fashion guy. Um, and for people at home, you don't see the shoes, but the shoes are crazy that you have on right now, and you're a big shoe guy. Yeah, I'm. I'm a huge fashion guy in general. Like, I, fashion's my thing. Okay. Uh, fashion, red wine. That's. That's, that's where it? I'm at. Yeah. Where does so, that friend sweatshirt sit into the fashion side of things? Is that a statement? Yeah, are we this, friends this, yeah but this is the only show i'd ever watch this if i'm not going to watch anything on tv like i don't i don't really have a whole lot of time free time for tv but when i do like friends is my go-to that's it really what yeah. do you love about friends um everything <laughs> man. friends was like such ahead of its time in like humor and um i mean joey that's can you get any better than that like <laughs> do you, do you have to a, ask how you doing <laughs> Yeah, that's I love friends, but um, yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fashion guy, man. So it's that's kind of my vibe. Awesome. Well, anything everybody should know about the facility? Anything? Because it's like forty thousand square feet. It's yeah, big. It's, we could probably talk and chat for a long time, but um, it's going to be tough when everyone's got to remain anonymous. Yeah, it's 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 a large facility, but. Um, I'm excited to get going. Um, I hope people come out and they, I can kind of change the mindset around this area to let's become a better athlete before we worrying about a, an individual sport. And at the same time, like take that break and work on becoming a better athlete, and that will that will translate into making you a better athlete, whether that's soccer to volleyball to football, basketball, baseball, whatever it might be. Um, and at the same time, like if. If there's people out there that just want to come out and train and not necessarily like, hey, I'm not a 16-year-old athlete. I'm 40 years old and I want to stay in shape. Come out and join one of the classes. You can be in there and we'll push you just like everybody else. So um, if that, that's just as open to everybody else as well. Awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to throw some topics at you really quick. And I, and I think people would be interested in your perspective. The All Antonio right. Brown stuff. Being, Antonio Brown? Yeah, like is that just is he insane? Can I be honest? Yeah, you could be honest. Uh, he has to be doing some kind of drug. You, there's no possible way that you can go to acting from acting normal to acting way off the walls in such a short amount of time without something not influencing that. It's it's honestly it's sad because it's he the numbers that he was putting up and especially for a guy that was a what was he like a fifth sixth round pick. A guy that was overlooked his entire career, and then to just he outworked everybody, and to be that good, and then to have that kind of a fall off, and just the the stuff that's come out, and it's just the stuff that he said, just it's it's sad, honestly. So is it just do you think bad inner circle too? Um, yeah, it's it could be. I I don't know the whole situation um like that, but bad inner circle, just bad advice, and that's where back to the topic earlier of keeping the people you trust in a, a small circle and it's um you can get influenced by by other people that like i said they have their own agenda so it's sad. crazy yeah you train with saquon barkley in the off season yeah i just talked to him yesterday that's my homie yeah i was i was trying to find out where he's going to come back because i have to play in <laughs> fantasy i have to uh play the guy that has him next week so i was trying to influence him to stay out an, an extra week who <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Who are the freakest athletes you've trained with? The freakest athletes. Um, I would probably say number one, Khalil Mack. Really? So it's beyond technique. The dude is just a he's yeah. Like he's like so. The first day that he showed up at workouts with us, um, Tom Shaw, the guy I'd work out with, he is like, hey, this this guy, he's a freak. He'll be in the top. He'll be a top five pick. And that he had this Eric Fisher, the number one overall pick that year. He's uh, I think he's a tackle for the Chiefs. Um, but just physically coming out, he's just on another level. It's like that's like create a player. It's it's unreal what he can do. Like obviously, like he works his tail off, but um, man, he he was a freak showing up. Just gifted, but just can do stuff that just other people can't do. I mean, Saquon's in that same in that same boat. Like, yeah, he's got muscle he's, on top of muscle. Yeah, he's he's explosive. But we, we so we'd have like vertical jump competitions between me and him, and then uh, we'd race, and he'd always get mad because he lost to a white dude. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry. Well, you but, were. I mean, you were the fastest player in baseball. Essentially. Yeah, I, I mean, I could run a little so bit. So how does a guy like Billy Hamilton and D Gordon? How did they stay in the league for so long then? Um, I mean, they they can play, man. They can run. D can. I mean, I think D hit three hundred last year, so um, he. I think they moved him to the outfield, and then he might have been back at second base this year. But um, I think Billy's bounced around a little bit this past year. I think he ended up in Atlanta. But those guys can run, man. They we we all train together at Tom, so we'd have. I mean, Saquon was there, uh, Khalil, uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, Ender Enciarte, Carlos Gonzalez, Altuve, uh, Billy Hamilton, D. So we had we had a good little. I mean, for a while there, we had basically little Venezuela and, and me on the baseball side. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it was we had a, a really really good group, really good. How for people that who don't know, how hard is it to hit in the in the big leagues? And what was probably one of the craziest times? Because we were talking. Who's the, how was who, who is one of the ones that you struggled with that you knew that you could have a hundred at bats and you're not touching? Man, it's it's crazy. So like, as far as like my entire career, like me hit, hitting wise was like my weakest point. Like, but you always have guys that you see really good. So like a guy like Zach Greinke, that's one of Cy Young. I have probably like my best numbers in my career off of Zach. Um, but then a guy like, say like Trevor Bauer or Annabelle Sanchez, like Bauer would throw me fastball, fastball, and I'd foul both of them off. And then I know he's throwing a curveball in the dirt and I would swing every time. And I knew what exactly what sequence was coming and I would foul off every fastball. And I was like, why, why can I not put this in play? Like I foul these off and I know he's going to throw me a curveball in the dirt and it looks like a good pitch to hit, but it ends up in the dirt. But I swing every time. Just it happened. Annabelle Sanchez, he could throw me three changeups and I'd swing and miss three times. Like crazy. It's just some guys you just don't see well, some guys you see really well. So did you face I think we talked at one point, you faced Randy Johnson. Yeah. And how last was that? year. It was it was crazy, man. Just like especially because that was at a point where I was playing against guys and facing guys that i grew up like going to games and watching on tv it's not like to today where like i would be playing against guys that i'm all pretty much i'm older than but like i got to play with guys uh like tom clavin or chipper jones um king griffey jr that's crazy. I mean that and he was like my idol growing up. That was like the coolest thing. It's so like guys like Ichiro or Johan Santana. I mean I don't it's it that part is pretty crazy looking back on it, just all the the guys that you faced or played against or played with. Um Were you ever a memorabilia guy? Did you ever collect any of that stuff? I mean you, you talk about um, Holyfield. So clubs, I have but. yeah, so I have a bunch of jerseys, whether it's like <clears throat> Maguire um, from everyone, Andre Dawson to, uh, I mean, you could, I probably have a hundred different jerseys throughout the years that I've had people sign and sign to me. Um, I had a Matt Kane through a perfect game against us when I was in Houston. 
and I hit a, I was leading off. I hit a ball in the seventh that I thought was a for sure double and Blanco dove on the track and caught it. And it's like, obviously like one of the greatest plays that they play it all the time. And, um, he signed a jersey to me about for the perfect game, which is pretty cool. But that's crazy. It wasn't cool being on that side of it, and I would have rather had the double. But dude, that's crazy about like those San Francisco pitchers seem to just rise, like Kane and Lincecum, and then they just like after a few years just fell off. Yeah, well, they had they had some injury stuff there with Kane, but I mean Lincecum was such a such a small guy throwing at such a high velocity, and it's you put your body through that kind of wear and tear, like eventually it's going to break down. It's Chris sales from the same area that I'm from in Florida. And you just look like he struggled with injuries this year. Like he's six, three, 160 pounds thrown way out here from, I mean, from what thrown 98. Like yeah, it's, it, crazy, that's dude. a lot of torque on your body. Like it's crazy. Like people don't understand the effect that baseball, you play every single day. And it's not a contact sport, but for someone like me that played center, like I was running into walls, stealing bases, diving on the ground all the time. Like my body was beat. I'd go into a season at like 210 and I'd finish the season at like 185. Damn, that's even like we're hitting the gym and shit between games and yeah. stuff. So right? like I, w I would kill it like still working out until the All-Star break and then I would kind of like fall off just because you can't, you can't keep going like that. Your body is so beat and it's you're playing – I mean, you play 162 games in 180 days is what it comes down to. And that's not including spring training that you get two off days in seven weeks. So it's it's nonstop every day. And in baseball, like you get to the stadium at one o'clock for a seven o'clock game, which I still don't understand. That's crazy. to this day where like in footballs, you'll play at uh, noon. noon and you get to the stadium at nine. They play once a week. They get to the stadium three hours before the game. We play every day. We get to the field seven hours before the game, six hours before the game. Like, it's like, dude, just stay. What do you, you sit in front of your locker for half the time anyways, or you just BS with your teammates. Like, it's, I have never understood that part, but. Should the season be shorter? Shorter? Yeah. Um, yes, but it will never happen. It, you see right now in the NFL, they're trying to extend the, they're trying to get rid of the preseason games because nobody comes to the games. And they don't say stop playing. And they're everybody. trying to extend the regular season because the owners make so much money off the games. At the end of the day, like the owners and the league, they don't care about the players. At the end of the day, it's a business. And they only care what their bottom line is. And if they can get rid of preseason games when nobody comes to the games and they can add two more regular season games in, they're doing it because it's gonna they're gonna make a boatload of money off of it. For sure. Is if you can do something for them and you help them make money, they're all for it. But as soon as you can't help them anymore, they're on to the next guy. It's it, it's definitely a business, and you don't see that. You don't understand that from the outside. Um, I know fans get frustrated with people holding out or want more money, but you're only going to play a certain amount of time. And, I mean, you should try to make every, every damn dime that you can while you play. Because at yeah. the end of the day, like, the... The owners are still making their money every single year. It's, I mean, I, I know it sounds, it sounds greedy and whatnot, but like you train and you get after it every single day of your life and it's crazy, highly competitive. So like while you can get it, get it. Uh, we'll do two more. Single game wild card. Do you like it? Do I like it? Um, I mean, I have mixed feelings about it, but yeah, I mean, it, I think it's good because it allows another team that at least have an opportunity. But I mean, it's if you're, if you're going against the guy that has, I mean, and it they got lucky this year because Scherzer didn't throw well. But say like in the in the wild card game this year, like the Brewers had Scherzer down, but for the most part, like if you're throwing Scherzer out there. The other team has no chance. So Scherzer's just sick. I mean, it's it'd be hard to find a better guy to throw out there than Scherzer if you're having a one-game playoff. I just saw a thing on, <laughs> this is off topic, about if you had one game to win in the NFL, what quarterback would you take? And all these I know it's not Trubisky and all these, Come on, bro. Trubisky is garbage. <laughs> Let's be honest. Trubisky is garbage. The Bears can never win with Trubisky as their quarterback. Oh. You break my heart saying that. 
It, and if you're a true contender, you can't lose to the Raiders. You, you can't. And if your defense is that good, you can't have six minutes to go and let the Raiders go 97 yards and they just run the ball right down your throat. Like, man. I, but listen, I'm, I'm sure I'm offending people right now because it's Chicago and I'm not, I'm not a Bears fan. Um, but, but to answer your question, it'd be Brady. One game, Brady. All these people were picking Mahomes. Yeah, well, they they everyone they, lives they, in these small a, that's worlds. That's a new flavor. So they like Mahomes. Where was he Listen, at in Indy? Where was he at against Indy this weekend? I'm taking the goat. He's the best. Brady's the man, dude. He's the best. Is He's, it is it even a question? Like, no, would you take it, anybody else besides him? I think in the path the pantheon of the goat, it's Jordan just because of six for six. And the finals Yeah, NBC. but see, I have a problem with this. And now you're going to get me started no, on this LeBron train. No, don't even go with this LeBron train. But listen, no one's bringing up LeBron, Okay, dude. but listen. Jordan was saying, listen, you're killing me right now because now I'm bashing all these Chicago people. And I'm not, ba- and I'm, and I'm not bashing Jordan because, listen, he, I, I do rank him number one, right? But I, I put LeBron too. But this is my problem with that is everyone always brings up he's six for six. He's six for six, but the East back then... Was, was like, like the, the West. East. Was like the West today, where like the East was the best. So Jordan got knocked out of the first round three times. LeBron's never been knocked out of the first round. So when he got to the finals, he was playing a lesser team than any of the teams he was playing in the East throughout the playoffs. So like he didn't get to the final. LeBron got to the finals eight straight years, which arguably we could say like not even arguably the best team in the history of the basketball mm-hmm. was probably the Warriors. Okay, yeah. Especially if you're taking before they got Durant. I mean, if you're going lineup for lineup, if you're taking Curry, uh, Clay Thompson, Draymond, and Durant, uh huh, there's no such Bulls team that can. If you take Rodman, Pippen, and Jordan, who you gonna put? Who who else you're gonna put? Ron Harper? Come on, guys. Well, I think you're gonna see Ron Harper was a good player, but he's not a contributor like one of those other guys. The closest thing to those mid '90s Bulls is gonna be Kawhi and Paul George. That's the closest we're ever going to see of just length, playing the perimeter, bringing well, guys, and then Patrick Beverly. You're talking about as far as two-way guys. So I think that like the defensive side of the, ni- the mid-90s Bulls yeah. is what gets overlooked all the time because we're, we see the highlights of Jordan slamming it down and like yeah, fadeaway jumper they were, and shit. They were really good. And you also had a guy like Rodman that knew his role. And he just rebounded and out-hustled everybody. And that's where I feel like that's... Draymond is the Warriors' Rodman. Rodman. But like he like, he's Rodman. their spark he's a lesser Rodman. Listen, without Draymond, the Warriors would have been soft. For it's sure. Just would it like Durant, Clay, and Steph are not guys that are going to get up there and mix it up. You could make like, the argument the only not. reason why the Warriors lost to the Cavaliers is because Draymond hit a dude in the nuts and got suspended for game five. They still had two games, and one of them were at yeah. home. That's true. It's Le- true, but Le- Steph Curry had a bum knee too, so it was like it was like oh, half the okay. half the cat. So the LeBron Warriors. goes to the finals with Matthew Dellavedova and Anderson Verjao, and who who's these <laughs> other knuckleheads? <laughs> and he and he wins games in the finals with that. Those guys can't even they can't even barely make teams. For the record, I didn't bring up LeBron James. I'm just saying goat of all time. It's got to go but Jordan. You're, but you're six putting for Jordan six. because he's 6 for 6. Yeah. Only because he lost in the first round 3 times. LeBron's never it lost in the first round. It doesn't matter what he mid 80s. He went to the golden he went chain to Jordan, the, dude. That's a different He went Jordan. to the finals 8 straight years. Like that I will say the only blemish to me on LeBron is is exactly is the time that he lost to the Mavericks, that's the one that he disappeared on me on, on that one. That's the one where I look like, yeah, that's not. The rest of it, he, when he's winning games, when he has no Kyrie and no Kevin Love against the Warriors, like you shouldn't, you shouldn't be winning games with that. Like his first trip when he lost to the Spurs, when they had Parker and Duncan and Ginobili and mm-hmm. they were stacked and he, when he was uh, with Cleveland there, Come on, guys. So I think, and you're probably going to, this is probably a great topic for you because you are you were a professional <laughs> athlete, but I think as a fan, that what makes it complicated is LeBron's reputation on top of it all. And I, you're saying that, like, yeah, he's got no baby mama and he's stayed out of trouble and all that stuff. And there is there is value to that. Like, he's not Sean What's Kemp. the one thing you're going to hit on LeBron up? Because well, he did the decision? Like, that's why people don't like him. No, it's two decisions, in my opinion. It's the decision... And then instead of being like a normal human being, I think he has a good, P- he's been around it, like at the PR train enough 
That that time he left Miami and he was coming home, dude. He wasn't coming home. Chris Bosh is two years out of being out of the league because of what he's got going on, and Dwayne Wade could barely walk anymore. It was like he knew the writing was on the wall. That Heat so dynasty you're making my was point over. That he was still winning championships in Miami with the other guys that they say were the the big three. The other two were on one leg, and he is still winning. There's no doubt LeBron James is awesome. So, like, when we get in these you, conversations... I don't understand why, you, why you're such a LeBron hater. Just because, listen, he, no, the decision that he made, like, I get it. Like, I get why people... But if that's the biggest... He broke up with an entire city on national TV. If that's Think the, about okay, that. Okay, but if that's the biggest misstep, like, come on now. It's a huge one. Probably the biggest one any professional athlete's so wait, ever had. So, you're all over him, <laughs> but people, are, people don't get... Listen, Kevin Durant... Mm-hmm. Was up three one on the Warriors yep. after they won seventy three games. Yep, he disappeared. Disappeared out. In then seven. after that, he joins the Warriors after they already won a championship. Yep, after they already won the most games in the history of the regular season. Yep, come on, and but nobody says nothing. Well, because come. it's a it's a blemish on the overall resume of these guys he if just won caught... in ring in ring chase come on now. he did he did but you like, already if he... joined the best team in the league like come on that's not if like he three guys it... <laughs> coming together and being like hey we're gonna try to make this work they already had their entire foundation and he fit perfectly in there hey you're a stretch guy just run the court and shoot like come on i think durant has a q problem i think he has a public a public perception problem <clears throat> i think that's one of the issues he doesn't get like people don't hate on him like they hit on lebron well, because LeBron, here's another reason people why. People love to hate on the best. Well, like, he, it, is, it is what it is. He is arguably, without a doubt, I would say I'd put him top 10 <clears throat> in the history of the NBA. Top 10? Yeah. I'm saying arguably top 10, right? Is drugs illegal here? <laughs> so, top 10 for sure. I can probably make the argument. I mean, if you can make the argument top five. You can make the argument top three, right? Top, he's number two. I mean, you can't argue Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's number two. Okay. So let me ask you this. He's going to crush everything. The points, assists. Listen, it's so crazy that at the end of LeBron's career, he's going to have the most points scored in the history of the NBA. Yet his best attribute as a player is passing the ball. That's obnoxious. Right. That not even his best attribute of playing, he's still going to lead the NBA of all time of points scored. That's crazy. So then let me ask you this. Why does the narrative like always surround him in this way? When his team is not playing well, he allows his, his like all his teammates to take shit about it. He doesn't have a good supporting staff. The staff sucks. But then like every time they win, it's like, look at me. I'm LeBron. No, I got you you're here. a LeBron hater and that's the no, way it's you want to look at it. No, it's not, dude. That's the way it is. Listen, if Steph Curry threw his mouthpiece twice and hit fans... If LeBron, <laughs> if LeBron would have did that, they would have crucified him. But Steph Curry gets a pass. So this, come on now. Okay, so this is we. I had this argument with a with a uh, Slater who's like a video production guy here, and it's about Kanye albums. Just because we're talking about Kanye albums and we're being critical doesn't mean I think any of them are bad. Like I don't think LeBron James is bad. I'm saying he's no doubt a top ten. No doubt, probably a top five, arguably a top three. And depending who's in the room, you can make that. He's just not Jordan. He's just not Jordan. Okay, so first of all, you're in the Chicago area, so everyone's going to pick Jordan, first of all. Next. Okay, but it goes no, off the ne- field too, okay. dude. Off the court, marketing, all that stuff. He brought a new level to like the pro athlete. Ooh. Jordan, that didn't exist did, before Did him. Jordan open a school to give away education? That was a goodbye present to Cleveland for breaking up with him the second time, dude. Oh <laughs> That's gosh. what that was. Look past the PR of that, dude. Listen, he brought a championship to Cleveland, which, when's the last time Cleveland won? You watched the, the Browns had all this hype. You watched them last night. Brutal. That was disgusting. Brutal. I mean, I feel for those guys, man, because Baker Mayfield's not the truth, and they're pumping him up. He's on all the commercials. It sucks, and he's he seems like a good guy too. Squeaky wheel. I, I don't know, man. Like you're you're hating on LeBron. It's, uh, but dude, like, and I love the guy. Like I don't, I, I respect the game. Like dude, there's those times. Like I even appreciate the NBA. To me, is like the WWE for adults. 
like I appreciate that the homers are the refs. I appreciate that there's villains and heels in the whole thing. I, I love the fact that people are switching teams all the time. It makes it interesting. Like I can't wait for this season to start with Westbrook. And, I'm a huge and, NBA you know, fan. Love the I NBA. Love NBA. I, out of watching any of the sports, it's my favorite sport to watch. I went to the finals last year in Toronto. No way. Yeah. I've been to the finals. I went to the finals a couple of years ago when uh, in Cleveland when obviously LeBron. Damn. See, that's my dream. My dream is to go to a finals. I want to go to one bad, dude. Toronto's a good city, too. That's what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Toronto's where it's at. So how is that vibe, then? Because Kawhi, I mean, they're never going to see that again. Toronto's done. I mean, it's not like Toronto people can be mad. He brought him a championship in one year. It's oh, Everyone yeah. knew, like, he's a, he's a Cali kid. Like, he wanted to go back to L.A. I mean, he wanted to go to L.A. before he got sent to Toronto. He just... Got Delta Toronto, brought him a ring, and I mean, what are you going to do if you're a fan of Toronto? Are you going to be mad at the guy? Like, no. You brought us a championship. Thank you. Campy. You should put a statue up of Kawhi. But that vibe in the finals had to be fun because that city's never been there before, and they don't win. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, like, that city, I've, I've never seen a city so hype than Toronto. Like, you're not even talking about a city. Like, you're talking about then. To all of Canada is going for the Raptors. It's not like they have the entire country behind them. It's it was absolutely like everything was shut down. You had blocks and blocks of just parties where they call Jurassic Park, where we're watching the games mm-hmm. outside. It was absurd. It was awesome though. Great, great time. That's crazy. The um, I would love to like. I mean, it's just from the NBA side of it. You got you got Kawhi going to LA. I wish Durant was healthy because that'd be awesome to see with him at Brooklyn this year. But like it's the Kyrie. the NBA yeah. stuff is crazy, dude. Yeah, I I like that they're switching around. And I mean, me too. I appreciate it, especially it. this year. Like now, listen, I was not a a big fan of Durant going to the Warriors because it was basically a foregone conclusion. Like, who's going to beat the Warriors? Like, yeah, I like now that it's especially back to if normal. every if everyone was healthy. Like if Durant was healthy last year, you're not beating the Warriors. It's no, just, you're not. It's no. that team's ridiculous. And but I think now if Clay Thompson stays healthy throughout that series, I don't think Toronto still yeah. wins. It's now you're talking about you got basically two guys on every team. You got Westbrook and Harden. You got AD and LeBron, Kyrie and Durant, Clay and Steph. I mean, it's gonna be sick, dude. That season starts. Yeah. Do you play any fantasy basketball? My, you know what? I my buddy suckers me into it, so I play just because I don't have the heart to tell him no. <laughs> but it's obnoxious, man. You gotta you gotta every put day. in a lineup every day. Oh, see, that's rough. I couldn't do it then. At least fantasy football. I mean, it's one you put out your lineup for the week and check it right before the game and make sure none of your guys are sick or hurt or fell down the stairs or. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's fantasy basketball's a lot. Damn, I've been dying to play it, but I just know there's not there's no leagues. I got a spot for you. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> getting me in, getting me in because you want out. That's, that's smart, man. Um, is there anything you want to leave with? No, man. I I think we're good. I think we covered a, all right. a bunch um, of stuff here. And one more thing about LeBron, really quick, that I, I oh, will say. Um, I was in. I spent 27 days in Cleveland the year, the summer he left, and it started against Boston when they got eliminated in that game six. Right. And it was really disheartening to see what that did to that city. I think that's the other thing that really sucks. That about didn't. It. Cleveland's a bad city, regardless. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Nobody's saying I'm going to vacation in Cleveland. That's no. Nobody's, I mean, you could find fun there if you really try. Good, good luck. <laughs> that, there's yeah, that's a good time. One of my friends actually, she does the uh, the ceremony there every year. Oh, that's the introduction cool. to the Hall of Fame. But I mean, they just put a casino up there a few years ago. But that's about the only thing. I mean, Cleveland's rough, man. Yeah, that's, I went there one one week spot. one weekend to just hang out. I think the Mariners were in town, so I wanted to go check out Ichiro. Went to the game. We were going to go to the Rock and Roll of Fame. And I walked out of my hotel, and the the, the uh, concierge guy was just like, hey, uh, stay in the hotel. And I'm like, why? He's like, there's like political shit going on all around the city. Like, you do not want to be around yeah, They anything. cleaned up downtown a lot now. It used to be a lot worse. But it's like Cleveland's rough, man. Crazy. It's, it's rough. And 
they haven't had very much to cheer for lately. That's what I'm saying. LeBron bring a ring to Cleveland? Like, Dude. come on. Okay, so real quick, I was what I was going <laughs> to say was, in the pantheon of greatest of all time, it has to be Jordan 1, Brady 2, and then probably Jeter 3, right? Is that arguable for the greatest athlete, at no. least modern athlete? No. No? Are you saying modern athlete? Modern athlete. Because you like can't number, I didn't see Babe Ruth play. You know what I mean, I'm saying? How could you not put Tiger in there? Like you think Tiger's about this. Tiger's in there. Tiger's in there think for sure. Think about this. Like for Tiger, like Brady has to beat thirty-two teams in a year, right? Like he has to be the best out of the thirty-two teams. Yep. Tiger dominated a sport that every single week you go up against sixty-five guys. In every single week, he demoralized a sport where if he had a lead or if someone had a four-stroke lead going into Sunday, they choked because they knew that Tiger was behind them. Yeah, no, he you make a good point. He completely dominated a sport. I mean, if we're not even going to like modern, like Ali, like he completely changed the way sports is. Like, I think you got to put, so maybe we should be separating individual sports to team sports. I mean, the NBA is kind of an individual sport, but, like, I don't know. I mean, the way they play now with Harden taking seven steps before he shoots. <laughs> it's crazy. And that's what I love about the NBA is, like, everyone knows it's bullshit, but like it's still I mean, part of it. he calls it a step back. He takes four steps to shoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Euro step He's is just, traveling no, all day, No, he just day, said he dude. came up with a new move. It's like a, a step back, step back, side shuffle. You're like... Dude, you took four steps. Like that's not a legal <laughs> shot. So, I'm not. I'm not a big Harden fan, though. Like I, I, I get aggravated when people give the MVP out to just random people to promote people. When listen, Jordan didn't get the MVP every year. They gave it to Barkley one year. That's a travesty. Like Jordan's the best player in the league. Give him the MVP. If he's the best player in the league, give it to him. I understand the NBA wants to promote people. Like Steph Curry, they gave it to him. Steph Curry's the greatest shooter of all time. But he can't do anything else. He's an awful defender. He he can shoot. That's it. He's not the MVP. Like Harden is a great scorer. He he's a, he's the game, a man. ghost on defense. Like he's not a rebound. Like he's just he's a great scorer. That's not the MVP. Like Kawhi is, to me is a better player. Like LeBron has been the MVP for the past. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a LeBron fan. Like LeBron's been the MVP for the past 12 years. Like he's been the best player. It is. And a lot of people are down on LeBron just because he was it's the first time in his career that he was hurt last year. But I'm man, dude, you, like the amount of speed bumps of all the team on his roster that he threw under that car throughout that season was impressive. For where, dude? There you, you can count the bodies behind LeBron in LA the Lakers? last year. Yeah, dude. Okay, Lonzo so, Ball so, gone. So, so you Brandon tell, Ingram so, gone. Okay, so are <laughs> you're telling me would you not give up all those guys if you could get AD? Yeah. And next, next. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you want to have a guy in your team by the name of Lonzo Ball when you have to put up with his knucklehead dad? Because his dad went on national TV and said that his son was the best player on on the team. And they said, you know, you have a guy in your name by the, uh, on your team the name of LeBron James. He said, yeah, he's better than him. Mm-hmm. At this time, he was shooting under twenty percent from three point and under forty percent from free throw. I promise you, I could go right now and stand on a physio ball at the free throw line and shoot way better than 40%. <clears throat> I mean, I've shown you a video where I have five seen in a row. So. I've seen, I've seen. I mean, you can't be an NBA player and legitimately shoot 40% from free throw. And No, it's brutal. It's just, his dad's just a huge distraction, man. You, you don't want that. But, okay, so then what about upper management? Magic, gone. I mean that whole Lakers so I, organization. I know, I know some inside stuff into that, so I don't want to. But like Magic left because Magic couldn't. They weren't letting Magic make decisions, and then other people were like Serena Williams is wanting Magic to help out. Magic wanted to like tweet out like congrats to D Wade on a great career, but he couldn't because it's considered tampering. So it's just like, and he didn't have any control, like. Magic really wanted to take De'Aaron Fox with the number two pick, which De'Aaron Fox turned out he's Stud. pretty damn good. And pushes the ball, and, dude. And, like, 
the Lakers front office wanted Lonzo Ball because that was like the hot topic at the time. So he was like, man, you guys don't even let me make decisions and I can't help people and like can't even send out a t- simple tweet saying congrats to D-Wade. Like, I'm out. I think the only, and I would agree with that 100%, I think, and like whatever it's worth. I mean, Magic Johnson doesn't know I exist. Uh, but like at the end of the day, like when he goes on a PR run, like right at the end of all that, it just doesn't look good, man. Like, why, why is he doing that? Magic? Yeah, like, he didn't have to go on first take. Listen, it's... I mean, Magic is... He's an icon, man. It's... And it, arguably it, better it, than Le- a better career than LeBron James. No. At a different time, when they're actually so played like, defense. So, like, first of all, like, the game is so different. So different. Now. Like, yeah. LeBron could play back in those days where you got... You beat the crap out of people... Someone like Steph Curry would be out. He'd they'd be out for half the year. Because it could you imagine if Steph went and tried to lay the ball up against Rodman? Like Rodman would break the guy in half. Oh yeah. But like LeBron is such a physical freak and specimen that yeah, I mean he could play. How no, listen, rampant? How rampant is like HGH use and all that stuff through professional sports? In your opinion. Um, because like some of those, some of these guys we're talking know, about in my it, mind, I like Tiger, like, like Tiger, like that's like a that rings bells for me. Yeah, LeBron James and his like not being just never being hurt and playing all those games. I don't, like, I that don't know one, the basketball world good enough to to say. I mean, you see, like in football, like they're just physical freaks. I don't know, like if you get that big naturally or not. I have no idea. But I mean, basketball, I don't. I'm not really sure. So I, I'm. Wouldn't be a, giving you an honest answer on that. Gotcha. All right. Well, Jordan, thanks for coming in. No, I appreciate. Check it. out for having me. The Athletic Performance Factory yeah. open houses this weekend. Yep. And that is Friday um, for friends and family. Yep. And then Saturday is the community open house, and that is from nine to four. Correct. Check that out. You will. I mean, as a guy who used to do a lot of sports locally, who doesn't anymore, um, this is way overdue for this region. For sure, for sure. That's and that's one of the big reasons um, that I came back. I thought you were gonna get a workout yesterday when you came in in your flaming pink shorts. <laughs> You're rubbing off on me. They keep getting shorter and shorter. Oh, I had I had some rough ones on today. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when you text me saying what to wear. So I I don't have little Daisy Duke shorts on over here. Well, you had Daisy Duke shorts on. I was naked. So that's what that conversation was like. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't show up for that. <laughs> and, and and you act like we didn't FaceTime. <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right, Jordan, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate everything. Go check out the APF stuff. Uh, you can f- go to trainapf.com. You can go to Athletic Performance Factory on Facebook, AP, uh, APF on IG, and uh, definitely check it out. Open house this Saturday. Jordan, again, thanks for coming on, and we'll talk to you soon. One, two, one, two.